Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I have a really fun guest. You know, we spent about 10, 15 minutes before I pressed record. We had a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm hoping we have just as much fun now that I pressed the record button. Uh, but let me tell you about him. His name is Chris uh, Luttrell or Littery or, you know, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. It's whatever. L-I-T-T-R-E-L-L. So it's Chris. <laughs> but he is a law enforcement professional, actually a detective sergeant in the state of Washington. Uh, he's a columnist for Police One, and he has his own podcast called Two Feet on the Ground. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate you having me today. Hey, great to have you. I know we're going to have a great conversation. I always have a lot of fun with fellow podcasters that kind of get into this craziness for one reason or another. Uh, but let's start by talking about law enforcement. You know, what is it like? I, I know that you're, you're law enforcement in the state of Washington and, and you're not in Seattle. You're kind of in the middle of the state. You know, you know what's it like, you know, being a law enforcement professional in the middle of the state of Washington? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. Now, that's not to say it's always remarkable, right? I mean, that's the reality <laughs> of life. But uh, I, I, we're in eastern Washington. You're right, kind of that central mm-hmm. flirting over more to the east. And we have a lot of public support over here, a lot of uh, support from our city governments. Uh, the, and, and I can only speak for the Pacific Northwest. The sure. caliber of human beings that, that I work with is, is remarkable. When you feel like you're the weakest link, right? Like when you go into the room, and you have all these detectives that are supposed to be working for you. And you're like, holy smokes, these guys are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these gals are just knocking it out of the park. It's a really good spot to be. It's constantly challenging you to get better at the trade. And, and that's been my experience over the last 17 years. And I've worked for two different municipalities. I started over in the Seattle area working for a city over there. Mm-hmm. Moved over to eastern Washington. And, and it's just been great. Working with great people is awesome. In fact, I would say it's probably one of the biggest pieces of why I enjoy what I do, but the community support throughout COVID, throughout police protests, uh, it was, I would say two to three times a week, businesses, families are showing up to our police department to give us free stuff just to tell us that they care about us. Uh, You can't fill up your gas tank, go to a restaurant, get a cup of coffee without someone coming up to you, shaking your hand and saying, I just want you to know, we, we really appreciate what you're doing and serving our community. So boy, it's been a tough couple of years. And without that uh, community support, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know if I'd be in the job anymore. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like I would have been probably looking for, for, for something different and been committed enough to actually jump ship. So uh, yeah, just a great, great job, remarkable experiences. Now those are all the positive things, right? There's been all the bad stuff too, just because sure. of the nature of the job and the stuff that we see uh, it hasn't always been a, a pleasant career. So, 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think anybody that's been in public safety, whether you're a police officer, EMT, corrections officer, uh, emergency room nurse, I've talked to a number yeah. of them, um, they may very well be passionate and love their job, but you know, none of them will say, oh yeah, it's a cakewalk, man, you know, I go in, people are bleeding, and <laughs> everything's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... You know, I really struggled. I struggled probably about four years into my career. I was a child crime detective uh, and mm, listening to those, those stories of little Susie and little Johnny, I got to a spot where I had to raise my hand and just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm not doing okay. Yeah. And thankfully I had a great doctor, great counselor. My wife was through the roof. Amazing. The way she supported yeah. me, had some peer support, uh, peer support through uh, critical incident stress management that all came alongside of me and helped me heal. And and learn a lot of things about myself, right? The way I was processing stress wasn't healthy. Uh, I wasn't drawing boundaries in my life. So I was way too busy. And so I'm thankful I dealt with that at four years uh, because it's made the last uh, 13 years a lot better. And now I'm also really in a position to help other officers that, that are struggling similarly than as I was. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I've I've never been a police officer and obviously have never worked in uh, child crimes or anything of that nature. And I can't even imagine what that's like um, day to day, week to week. Um, as much of my audience knows, I, I cover true crime for podcast magazine and that's tough for I, I can listen to you know, 95 percent of anything. I mean, I've I've have the privilege of working with law enforcement for almost 20 years. So I've seen a lot of the stuff. I've heard a lot of the stories. You know, nothing really affects me that much. Uh, but yeah, it, it, child crimes, things of that nature. I have a rough time with those on some of these podcasts I cover. And frankly, even a lot of these podcasters, some of them are really good and they and, and they take a number of cases, but they take they stay completely away from anything that's that's children related. So, you know, you know, kudos to you, brother, for having to do that for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was tough, but uh, I, I really give a shout out to all the people that do that. There's some great yeah. detectives that just process the stress of those type of crimes uh, better than I did. And they do it for a decade or more and they're just remarkable and they bring justice to, to yeah. young victims. And so just uh, great people that are doing that kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I know this was a little bit of a rabbit hole. We're going off the rails, but I think this is kind of an interesting subject. Um, one of, one of the things that we've talked about on the show before <clears throat> is the necessity of gallows humor. And some civilians won't understand it. I understand it is that a lot of first responders will have this gallows humor and it's not because they're making light of the situation. It's a physical and emotional response that if they don't laugh about it, they're going to break down and they never make fun of the victims. But one thing that's always been fair game in podcasting and in law enforcement is making fun of the criminals. And yeah, I covered a podcast. This was years ago uh, called Small Town Dicks. And one of the podcast hosts is actually, I don't know if it's former or if he's current, uh, but he deals with sex crimes. And he actually goes out and, and actively catches these predators. And so normally, and I don't know if you were ever involved in this, but normally he'll get on Facebook or something and he'll pose 
as a teenage girl of like 13, 14 or whatever. So, you know, then he has to go and report to all of his colleagues as to what he's doing with the case and so forth. And they're like, yeah, what is, what is he going to do to you today? <laughs> what is, what did he say that he wanted to do to you? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think that's part of, I, I think that that's fair game. I mean, you know, the, to make fun of these stupid criminals you know you don't think that somebody else is on the other side of that <laughs> yeah yeah it's something i grew up with you know i'm a third generation cop my mm -hmm. my grandfather was a reserve police officer down in brea california back in the 60s hmm. uh, my, my dad was a police officer in washington state for 30 years and so i grew up with it right i grew yeah. up with with kind of that uh, that banter that that joking around and uh and then being military i was air force for six years yeah and, and even though it's different because you're not dealing with those type of crimes, at least most of uh, Air Force uh, security forces, security police aren't dealing with those type of crimes. That's more of an, an OSI, Office of mm -hmm. Special Investigations kind of area. Uh, you still have that kind of humor, right? That yeah. how, do we, how do we blow off stress? You know, when you're deployed in the military overseas and you're away from your family for six months or a year, mm -hmm. uh, you, you need to sit there and blow off some steam and joking around really helps out a lot and, you know, creates that esprit de corps and yeah and just increases morale so yeah yeah and there's i'll get off of this subject there's so much stupidity among so many criminals that there's a ton of material there uh <laughs> like the example that i gave they finally caught one of these predators and he thought it, he was getting arrested for i think parking tickets or something and the officer says no 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 it's a little bit more serious than that you're coming with us for a little while <laughs> You know what? I take, I'll take it. Anytime the criminals <laughs> want to be stupid, make my job easier. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so let's get to the podcast because you have a great yeah. podcast. You started, I believe, in 2021 called Two Feet on the Ground. Um, I had the pleasure of listening to a few episodes um, and it is really good. It's coming from somebody that does cover podcasts for Podcast Magazine. It's a quality podcast. If you're a first responder, you should be listening to it. Uh, but what was the motivation? How did that come about? Did you, you know, have a dream and said, hey, you know, honey, we're doing a podcast tomorrow morning. How did that, how did that come about? Now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash P-O-C-U-A, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a 1999 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy.
organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. Well, Jamie and I, my wife and I, we've been married for almost 24 years and we enjoy just having slapstick humor, you know, where we're hanging out at home and just joking around. And we've always called it the Chris and Jamie show mm -hmm. without it ever being like a show. This is our private show where we're joking around and, and having a good time. Somewhere during uh, the last couple of years, what we saw within our community and, and within the world, I think, was a lot of people fighting over things that they weren't fighting over before. So we, mm -hmm. we had friends that were fighting with each other. We saw infighting within our community, within churches, within schools. I mean, just people getting really angry at each other for the thoughts they had in their head, not even for things that they did, sometimes just for their, their stance on something politically, mm -hmm. religiously, or whatever. And, and Jamie and I were looking at it, and we, we firmly believe there are things worth fighting over. As as Americans, that's that's the story of our country, right? Standing mm -hmm. up and fighting when when it's time to fight. But we felt our opinion was that people were fighting over things that they hadn't been fighting over before. So we felt like people were more on edge. And so it started the question for us of how do we stay grounded? What are our foundations? Where are we willing to fight? Where are we going to draw the line for for ourselves and for our family? And as we talked about that, the idea of grounded. Uh, at some point, the, the term gravity came in. And then at some point, the idea of keeping two feet on the ground came in. And then we were like, you know what, we've, we've mentored a number of other married couples over the years. And we've been mentored as well by, by married couples with, with more time uh, in the marriage than us. And we thought, you know what, we, we have something to share here. We, we could help people out by at least identifying our foundations, being a little bit vulnerable, sharing some of our stupid stories where I go and do something dumb as a husband. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then also uh, it was more than that. Uh, so that's the marriage Monday piece of two yeah. feet on the ground. We, I also wanted to interview folks that I was watching from afar and, and I was drawing the conclusion, wow, this person really seems grounded. Now they might disagree with me on faith, yeah. on politics, on a bunch of things, but they're grounded. So why are they grounded? Can we examine that? Can we get to their core foundations and my opinion is a lot of us are going to have some of the same foundations. We might disagree, we might draw different, different conclusions mm -hmm. after that. But I think people that are grounded uh, are going to have a lot of the same core foundations that, that are character-based, that uh, when it comes to relationships that are based in communication and humility. So that's what kicked it off. And so we started, you're right, in October of, of this last year. And we have just been having a kick in the pants. Uh, nice. We record on Saturdays and... Uh, and we just have a lot of fun doing it together. And then the, the folks that I've had the privilege to interview ha has just been a remarkable experience for me. Awesome. Awesome. See, my, my wife and I relax with some nice music and some really good coffee on Saturdays. You and your wife are working. So, you know, good for you. <laughs> you know, one thing I found, and I, I, I knew this from the times that someone has mentored me or the times we've mentored someone else, being in that role of mentor causes you to really kind of unpack why you do what you do and why mm -hmm. you think what you think. And it like, I can't tell you how many times that Jamie and I will be doing a podcast on a certain topic. And either this last week or here in another couple of days, we're going to fail at that topic, whether it be communication, whether it be 
serving each other, whether it be fighting right. And, mm-hmm. and we lose the perspective that we're on the same team and we get so caught up in the thing that we're arguing over. And then we remember, dang it, we just recorded that last week. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we actually have to, you know, exercise and, and put in place some of these things that we're telling <laughs> other people to do, right? Uh, so it's just been a great experience for our marriage. I feel like our marriage gets better as we're doing that type of mentoring work. Awesome. I want to deliberately give you some kudos because one thing I like about not only your podcast, but what you just said is grounded. And this is one of the things that that I say, I, I haven't really said it much on any of my shows, but I've, I've said it in uh, some of my speaking and, and some personal conversations is you use the word grounded, I use the word logic. And I'll, I'll give you the example, you know, we have here in Long Beach, California, we've got a mayoral race going on. And, you know, I'm supporting, I'm actually a moderate Republican, I'm actually supporting a moderate Democrat that's running for, for mayor. And, you know, I find that, you know, that she is a former prosecutor and, and she comes with logic. In fact, I even a couple of times when I met her, I joke with her, I says, you know, I only agree with your decisions about half the time, but you know, what ticks me off in a funny way is you always come with logic. I still don't agree with you, but I understand the progression to where you got to that. Now, doesn't mean that I don't, that I have to agree with it, but I can appreciate that it's not some idea that you just plucked out of the sky. I, I understand the progression of why you came to that particular decision. So, you know, I think that's where maybe maybe I'm inferring something wrong, but I think that's where you're kind of going with, with this grounded idea, which I think is, is awesome, is I may not agree with you, but, you know, what's the logic behind it? You know, let's not just say, well, let's, let's, uh, let's forgive all student debt. Well, well, why do you want to do it? What good is going to come out of it? Well, I just want my student debt to be gone. Well, that's not logic. You know, give me some logic as to what that's going to do to society. So I think that's kind of where you're coming from in terms of grounded in logic. Do I have something there or am I completely off base? No, no, that totally resonates with me. And, you know, I I teach with another leader uh, and I I say words matter. He he says words are powerful icons. Either way, we're saying the same thing. We're just kind of explaining it a little bit differently. So yeah, what, what you were saying there about logic really did resonate with me. And so does your, your four pillars of, oh, thank you. you know what I'm saying? Those four pillars. I mean, that's the same thing, right? I mean, it's giving you that solid foundation to build a life from. You have somebody whose finances are out of whack. A lot of areas of their life are going to be out of whack because they're a slave to debt, right? I mean, yeah. so um, yeah, having a, a solid foundation to build our lives on, I think just really, it's better for our physical health, our mental health. It's better for our relationships across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And you gave me that great segue again to relationships uh, because you talk about relationships, marriage, mental health, um, a lot of those related topics, something sometimes a little similar to what we cover in public safety talk radio, too. And I, and I think what you're what you're offering 
is is very sound or as um, one neighbor told me when I was smoking a cigar outside and having a nice fire um, that he was picking up what I was laying down. Uh, so <laughs> I think, you, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same thing with your show. Uh, how has, has dealing with these subjects, you kind of referred to it as being a mentor, you kind of have to do what you say. But, you know, how is doing this show, you know, really helped you in your mental health, your career, your marriage. Yeah, I was already, I mean, one again, 13 years ago is when I struggled with mental health, anxiety, depression, actually launched into some post-traumatic stress injuries. And, and so over the last 13 years, that has been a focus for me. How do I, how do I maintain health by doing the day in and day out stuff? Uh, but then over the last probably two years, I've been leaning more into the officer wellness. I think it was mm -hmm. uh, 2017, 18, and 19. There were more recorded officer suicides than officers being feloniously killed in America. It was more dangerous for police officers to be in their own skin than it was for them to put on the gear and go out there and serve their communities and, and engage violent offenders. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because as I looked around my own opinion and as I listened to others, I... I heard the same message. It's not safe to not be okay. It's not, it's not okay to not be okay. I can't raise my hand and say, hey, I'm struggling. If I do that, I'm afraid they're going to take my gun, take my badge, take my pension. Uh, I'm not going to be able to be a cop anymore. I'm not going to be able to be a firefighter anymore. They're going to take my job from me. And th there's a serious issue with that. One, I think it is a false idea, at least from my experience. When I when I raised my hand, when I took a knee, whatever analogy you want, and I said, hey, I'm struggling with this. Mm. And I just unloaded on my counselor. My counselor looked at me and I mean, I kind of did one of those. So I'm, I'm going crazy, right? And she's like, actually, no, Chris, uh, this is a really normal way for the human mind to respond to the not normal things that you see every single day as a police officer. Mm. And there are, uh, there's a lot of science behind this. There are a lot of therapies we're going to bring to you and support you. And you're going to heal from this. And it was that confidence that I heard from my counselor, from my doctor, from my wife, from peers that caused me to believe, that caused me to be like, I'm going to be okay. I just need to do some hard work to get there. Mm -hmm. and, and so other folks need to hear that. First responders, doctors, nurses, folks within uh, this kind of this emergency responder, public servant, career fields, the military, they need to hear that it's okay to not be okay that there's a lot of science behind it uh -huh. uh, in, in reference to you healing. And, and so it's just been, it's kind of been all encompassing from the articles I read on police one to the podcast, to the things I'm doing within my own agency, trying to support officers. Uh, I'm the team coordinator for our peer support program. And um, it, it's just very, um, I was scared. Uh -huh. I was, I was really, really scared. I, I thought I was losing my mind. And the reason I thought I was losing my mind was that I couldn't control these anxiety attacks. These anxiety attacks were, were coming on and they felt like heart attacks. Mm -hmm. and, and if I can't control my mind from causing my body to go into this, this anxiety reaction, right. then, then I'm, I'm losing my mind. That's mm -hmm. where I was at. That's what I believed. And, and I don't want anyone else to feel like I felt because I was scared. I was alone. Uh, it was this dirty secret I couldn't share with my wife or anyone else. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, it, it's been very edifying doing this work because when I have a first responder reach out to me and say, hey, Chris, I'm struggling. 
And, and thankfully, as a, as a trained peer, I have privileged communication with them, meaning I can't disclose who has talked with me and, and mm. I can't be compelled to talk about it in court. Uh, it's been just a remarkable experience of listening to other folks. And now it's my turn to look at them and say, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. This is a really normal, a normal way for the human body to respond to the not normal stuff that you're seeing. And, and I'm not blowing smoke. I truly right. believe it from my own experience and from listening to others. And so, yeah, it's just been a remarkable experience. I'm really enjoying the season of life I'm in. I haven't enjoyed all the seasons I've gone through to get here. Because <laughs> again, 13 years ago, wasn't the only time. There's been other times sure. where I got into a season where whether it be the work, whether it be other aspects of life that I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm getting kicked in the teeth day in and day out. And, and I'm, just, I'm just done. I'm, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to sell the house. During the middle of COVID, my wife and I seriously talked about buying a travel trailer and just traveling the country and finding yeah. some internet job or something, you know? Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's been a great experience. This has been part one of the episode on Two Feet on the Ground. Part two of Two Feet on the Ground will air next Wednesday at our usual time. Public Safety Talk Radio was produced by the POCOA. POCOA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCOA credit unions, You're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.